right, so we're up in the spare room at Wellspring Church, leaning into our ABLE project practices. Mm -hmm. We're focusing on E. Yeah. And specifically hospitality. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. Like all these videos, we're trying to anchor it in the narrative arc of Scripture and starting at the beginning. Yeah, in the book of Genesis, we see God being depicted, among many things, obviously, yeah. creator, sustainer, but as a host, yeah. a generous host who has created all things, but has really created the world in such a way where Adam and Eve, the first humans, yeah. are invited to delight in this new home. Yeah. And God is the provider of Adam and Eve to the point where they're able to enjoy and eat and delight totally. in God's presence together. Yeah. And so it's this beautiful picture that we have in Genesis 1 and 2 of God's hospitality to really all of creation yeah. and humanity. And God creates the context. He welcomes them yes. into a home and provides them food. Provides them food, right? Yeah. And so it's this very simple way of looking at the creation yeah. account in, in through the lens of hospitality. Yeah. Now, Adam and Eve, the first humans, they reject God's hospitality yeah. to a certain totally. degree, right? Yeah, totally, they do. And yeah. they go their own way, Genesis 3, yeah. and sin begins to spiral and not in such a way where it creates this rift between humans and yeah. rift between humans and God's creation where hospitality becomes harder to practice. Mm. Now humans are sort of at each other's throats a yeah. little bit. But then as the story continues, God calls this one family from the family of Abraham okay. to be a blessing, not just to Abraham and his own family, yeah. but then to extend that blessing to all the other families yeah. of the world. So and it creates so, a family and a community, but that community is meant to sort of bless those yes, outside of themselves. Exactly. So it's the conduit of God's hospitality to extend beyond one's own family. And they're and so, image bearers, so that would make sense exactly, that they would do as God did. Exactly. And yeah. so as Abraham's family continues to grow and to flourish to a certain extent, they do end up in slavery yeah. under in, the, Egypt. In, yeah. in Egypt. Exactly. But as God rescues them out of Egypt, there's some really cool, interesting things that happen. Yeah. First, as they leave, you know, after Passover, there's these hints throughout the Exodus narrative that it's not just Israel, the Israelites per yeah. se, that are leaving, but there's actually other like people groups yeah. that are involved in that this. That are like, whoa, your God's doing something cool. Yes. And God's heart there is to welcome those people in. Into the there. family, yeah. right? And so it's not just this like mono-ethnic, you know, kind of individual sort of thing. It's yeah. this kind of collective expanding family yeah. that's welcoming strangers. And so even as the Israel story progresses, even yeah. some of the, the laws within the Torah hmm. itself seem to have provision for the stranger or the foreigner to be yeah. welcomed into the family. There. Exactly. There's a value embedded within Israel's own kind of instruction in Torah yeah. for the other, for the outsider. And even in the Exodus, right, they bring this sort of people group, primarily Hebrews, yes. but some other people groups too. And then what is the first thing God does? He feeds them. He feeds them. He leads them yes. to water and he gives <laughs> totally. them food right. in the wilderness. And so they're again, they're experiencing the generosity and hospitality of yeah. God as God is continuing to lead. Yeah. And guide them as it, the prophets point to yes this, too, this right? is really cool to see when you yeah. kind of get into the biblical prophets isaiah in particular has some really interesting lines isaiah, around chapter 19 yeah. where isaiah talks about all these other nations okay. you know like egypt assyria yeah. who are potentially rivals yeah for a large part of the biblical yeah. story they are rivals to yeah. israel but isaiah talks about them or god talks about them through isaiah as quote my people wow. and that phrase my people has been used primarily for israel mm. itself throughout the old testament story but as the prophets look towards the future. They yeah. see God bring together not just Israel, but people from all the mm. nations of the world into this family yeah. to the point where Isaiah says, no, these are also my yeah. people. And then it kind of keeps building as Isaiah continues, Isaiah 25, 26, talking yeah. about this great feast where all the people of the world yeah. are coming together There's to feast. Good food, food and, and wine and, yeah. and like the choicest, finest meats. Yeah. And so this is all foreshadowing what's, what's going to happen yeah. when Messiah comes and kind of gathers in and shows the hospitality That's of good. God. Once again, so you now, have this picture of God as host as like 
as he hosted creation at the beginning, he will host creation yes, at, the end. at the end. Yeah, and to see those bookends of the generous host showing the hospitality, yeah. the generosity to not again just Israel, but to all the peoples of the world. And then you have God taking on human flesh, yes. entering sort of the story itself. And what do we see? For sure. So this is Jesus, right? And yeah. so Jesus comes, and it's kind of interesting. Scholars have pointed this out. One of the favorite titles for Jesus himself is the phrase, the Son of Man. Hmm. Now, three different times throughout the four Gospels, you'll find the phrase, the Son of Man came. Came to. Came to, and then fill in the yeah. blank. The first two, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Yeah. And it came to to not serve, or not to, to be serve. served, to yeah. serve, but not be served, and to give his life as a ransom yeah, yeah, for many. Yeah. But then the third way that that sentence is, is often framed in, the, in yeah. the four Gospels, the Son of Man came eating and drinking. Yeah. And so scholars point out, like, so here's Jesus' mission, to seek and to save the lost. Mm. And then the method of doing that mission is eating, and, eating drinking. and drinking. Hospitality. Hospitality, exactly. And in particular, in the four Gospels, the people that Jesus eats with, are more or less from kind of the religious crowd considered yeah. to be these outsiders, outsiders. these outcasts. Yeah. These are the people. And they don't like it. They don't like Luke it. 15, like, why are you always eating? Exactly. With these and he yeah. becomes accused of being a glutton and a drunkard. He gets in trouble with eating with all the wrong kinds of yeah. people, showing God's hospitality, yeah. extending again, not just to this small crew per se, but actually extending out, breaking borders, yeah. breaking barriers. And then even riffing on Isaiah 25 in Luke 14, he tells this story or parable mm, about yeah. this host who invites people, they deny, yes. and then he says, you know, sends a servant out to the highways and the byways to gather all kinds yes, of outsiders totally. to the table. It's like God is just extravagantly and persistently yeah. welcoming people into yeah. his family. So then it's not surprising when the church forms yes. that you have guys like Paul mm -hmm. saying to the church in Rome, practice hospitality. Exactly. Hey yes. church, if we're going to be following Jesus's image, we should do this too. This exactly. is who God is. This is what Jesus did. This is what we should do. Totally. Exactly. This is Romans 12 that you're referencing. Yeah. And when Paul is saying that, it's a really interesting word that I think is worth kind of camping out on yeah. just a little bit. You know, it's philoxenia, yeah. kind of a compound word. And literally it just means the love of the stranger. Yeah. Which is a little different than xenophobia, exactly. which we know in English. The as, fear of yeah. the stranger, right? And yeah. so Paul is, is commanding, if you will, the yeah. church in Rome to show this radical hospitality, the love of the stranger, because that's exactly what Jesus has done yeah, for great. us. It's modeling the Christ-like posture in our everyday lives. Hmm. Uh, Peter, a contemporary of Paul, yeah. a disciple of Jesus, kind of has this very similar line in 1 Peter 4. And I love this. Peter writes, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, and then he has a number of things here. Be yeah. self-controlled, sober-minded, love one another, and then show hospitality without grumbling. Yeah. And this is really cool it's because like everything's, coming, everything's to coming to an end. You know, Peter he doesn't say go hunker down, go hide. Yeah. He says, no, no, extend love to the stranger. Mm. Show hospitality because yeah. this is what's going to happen yeah. at the end. You're sort of embodying actually the messianic banquet. That's exactly. Yeah. Back to Isaiah 25, 26, yeah. which is forward looking to Revelation 21 and 22, yeah. where all the nations of the world yeah. are welcome to the feast, are welcome to the table. And it's this beautiful sort of climactic ending to what started in the garden. Yeah. God showing the hospitality to all That's of good. creation ends in new creation. God showing that same hospitality mm. this time to all the people, all the nations of the world. That's awesome. Yeah. So then as we sort of shift from the scriptural arc to present day, yeah. like, I don't know, how is this applied in your life? For sure. I think on a real sort of on the ground level, yeah. especially in our culture that you know, with garage doors and, you know, you know, yeah. our own homes where it's easy to just kind of go in and out and yeah. not really ever talk to your neighbor. Yeah. Like a really, literal neighbor. Literal neighbor, right? Yeah. When, you know, when we're told to love our neighbor or love the stranger, yeah. there's an aspect where I've been better at this at different times of, yeah. of our, my own life. It goes in seasons, but I think it really practically just get to know the people like on your street. Yeah. 
know their names, know what they're doing, and, and invite them over. Yeah. And have sort of this posture where it doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be like always glamorous, but embodying the hospitality of Jesus yeah. means, among other things, that we get to know the people that God has placed yeah. right in front of this us. This could be in our workplaces, yes, too. totally. Extended family, even, mm-hmm. that maybe don't know Jesus. For sure. Uh, the, your, your favorite coffee shop location, totally. barista, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it's cool to think that even as Jesus was kind of walking around first century Galilee, you know, there's a couple lines that indicate that Jesus was basically homeless a lot of the mm. time. But so many times when he's having meals with people, he is sort of embodying the posture of like the host where he is the one who is welcoming in. And so for maybe for those who maybe are like, I don't have like the most perfect home or like, you know, all the right things to like host. There's a level of when we look at the life of Jesus, he didn't either. But it was about this. You've mentioned this too, like this heart posture of welcoming people into one's own life and showing the love and care and compassion of God. I think like a biblical critique of like Martha Stewart. Yeah, totally. Right. Of like. And, and what we would say, I think, from a biblical perspective is that there's a difference between entertainment yes, and hospitality. Totally. Right? We're not caring whether or not the food is unbelievable, mm-hmm. whether your house is perfectly clean or a mansion or beautiful. For sure. But there's a heart posture yeah. of we are welcome a human being totally. who's an outsider into our space to say, I love you as an extension of God's love. Exactly. For you. Yeah. And even kind of riffing off of what Peter said that we talked about a moment yeah. ago to do that without grumbling or complaining. Totally. Because there's this aspect where, you know, we practice hospitality. You do it over the course of a life or over a season, yeah. right? It can become like, ah, this person or this yeah. is going to go wrong. And so we have to really check our own hearts too. Yeah, and to just be aware of what's the attitude, what's the, the heart posture we're to yeah. have in the midst of that. Peter says without grumbling. When I um, was growing up, my mom, when we would have people over, she would often have me clean the bathrooms mm. and I would totally grumble. To- oh, and yeah. be like, ugh, Not these again. are our friends. <laughs> yeah. Why do we have to clean the toilets? Exactly. They don't care. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I think a few things like a tips for folks that are just in the church trying to sure, do yeah, this. Yeah. I think the first one would be from Paul's comments in Romans 12 that like hospitality takes some practice. Practice, yeah. Right? Like sometimes it's going to go better than mm-hmm. others. Um, you know, one time you might get anxious because you're burning the potatoes sure. or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then you realize, okay, that didn't work. All right, how do I how do I sort of do this? But mm-hmm. it takes practice, practice. and comfort uh, and you do get into a rhythm. Sure, yeah. Uh, the second tip would be, I think gets back to your heart posture question and Peter, uh, yeah. this idea of practice hospitality without grumbling that mm-hmm. like this isn't just open your door to the stranger. Totally. This is also open your door to the stranger with a heart that kind of mirrors or reflects yeah. God's heart for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that the heart matters. Uh, and then there's one we haven't talked about uh, that there's like an unexpected element to hospitality. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hebrews talks about like sometimes you you might entertain an angel. Yeah, without being aware of without it. Without being aware <laughs> yeah. of it. Uh, is that Hebrews 11? Hebrews 13, 13, yeah. Totally, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you also have uh, in Luke 24 and the road to Emmaus oh, where yes. you have two people walking home and they welcome Jesus into mm-hmm. their home, but they don't know who it is. And yeah. He shows up. Shows up, yeah. And there's this sense of, I think, in hospitality that God might be doing mm-hmm. stuff that we're not even aware yeah. of. And it can actually lead to these profound spiritual moments totally. of the presence of yes. God. Yeah, that's so cool. Just even having that, I guess, like hope or expectation yeah. of God's going to do something. I might not know what it is. I probably yeah. don't know no, no, what no. it is half the time. Yeah. But to just have that expectation and that sort of desire to see God yeah. do things that I might not even think are possible yeah. in my relationships with the people And this one makes life. it, I think, a cool spiritual practice. Yes. Sometimes we sort of discount or disconnect Sometimes like a habit like hospitality mm. from 
our actual connection yes. to God. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we see in some of these, like, no, there's this hint of, oh, actually, there's more of a connection than maybe we even realized. Exactly. God's going to show up and we're yeah. going to encounter God through others, through himself totally. in profound ways. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. Cool.